Hello all and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. I haven't watched a whole lot of wrestling, but I am getting rather married to the idea of continuing to watch more and more of it. Yeah, and, uh, what and, uh, you were going to do? I... I, I, I hope you know I come up with, with like half of these on the fly, by the way. Um, also, uh, I'd like to add, ah, what the hell are you doing here? There's, there's an extra person here, Austin. What's, what's there happening? There is. We have not had a guest on this show since, since the Christmas special with, with I know. Claire. I know. We, haven't ha- we haven't even had a special episode on this show in forever. But today, uh, we have another one of our friends who doesn't watch wrestling on this podcast. Please welcome Elizabeth. <laughs> Woo! Hi, everybody, and thank you guys for having me. I thought you were joking when you said that this is what your podcast is about, and then I actually listened to it. So here we go. Why would we joke about that? Because you two joke about a lot of things. Okay, fair. But wrestling is no joking matter, let me tell you. (laughs) No, it is not. Uh, (laughs) In the five years I've known you two, this both makes too much sense and no sense. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. I'll take that as well. Also, I'm, hey, you know, some, if you had told me a year ago that I would be doing a wrestling podcast with one of my friends, I'd be like, that's, that's never going to, that wouldn't happen. Ha! Huh. So. Look, look. I get it. Yeah, no, it, 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 no, I, I don't think any of us like fully believe like that we're all doing this, but like, we're just kind of here and we roll with it. We roll with it. So, uh, so welcome to the club of doing that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I, I can ask uh, if you have any experience with anything even remotely pro wrestling related. Um, I've been watching Young Rock with my family. Yeah, I need to watch that show. It's really cute. It's really well done and it's super cute. And I know things from talking to you sort of and <laughs> memes on the internet. So I have very vague knowledge of things, but I don't know Ooh. any specifics. WWE okay. memes are interesting ones. All right, that's that's yeah. that's fair. That's that's very fair. Um, you know about about where David was to start, really, which is to say, mostly just he he just picks stuff up through me. Yeah, which the whole impetus of this podcast <laughs> is just me being like, man, he talks about this a lot. We could like make something out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah. Um, so David, but, when's your Sweeney Todd podcast starting? Uh, you know. I, I got my hands full with this one. Let's let's take it let's take it one thing at a time. All right, Jesus. Okay, so we're gonna the Doctor Who spinoff. We're gonna yeah yeah no that that's that's one. that's the next one. It's a Doctor Who spinoff after after this one. That's that's gonna be a whole um that that yeah um but anyway so back on topic what are we back gonna on, do back today? on topic yeah there there's a we we always like to at least have some sort of reason to to bring on the guests that we do all the all the sort of friend guests Austin and I have discussed while uh while while producing this podcast and while you know thinking of future episodes and stuff we've tried to think okay here are the friends we want to have on this podcast what can we do that can speak to them what what can we do to allow them to bring their own kind of um their their own kind of perspective to the table uh when we did the christmas special uh we just kind of had claire there as you know just generally it was fun to it's fun to have a guest around christmas and to like you know her 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 very cinem- cinematic filmic perspective to everything kind of added a fun little dimension uh yeah to you, the dimension of santa claus getting run over by a sports run car. over by alberto del rio sports car but that's if you haven't listened to that episode elizabeth please god you need to um <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, the reason the reason we have Elizabeth on here is I think a little more uh, uh, thematically tied than just that. Um, you see, kind of our of our core friend group, 
Elizabeth uh's brand, if you will, is kind of as the girly girl TM. Um, which is which is perfect because Austin, what are we what are we what are we watching and talking about today? Today is the saga in like a few different parts of the wedding of the first wrestling wedding, the best wrestling wedding, wedding by my count. Yeah, of the Macho Man Randy Savage and his manager Miss Elizabeth, as it turns hey! out. Yes. <laughs> so hey, this is ha- all planned. Yes. So <laughs> now I get to try to explain the story because I'm going to tell you is that the story of Randy Savage and Elizabeth is a whole roller coaster of a five year journey. So let's let's go about this as fast as I can. Oh boy, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so uh, when the match when Randy Savage first came to the WWE, uh, he is he introduced his he, he came out with a new manager, uh, the lovely Miss Elizabeth. She was called, and she's. Uh, she was kind of a pioneer for women as managers in oh, wrestling, no. in a way. This just gets better and better. This is exactly what I love to see. Um, you know, their, their version of pioneering for women is um, rather not ideal, however. slow and backhanded, but yeah, yeah, it's a start. They get there. And so... To be clear, is it oh okay, before I continue, I should probably lay down some ground rules about wrestling terms that I will probably use to make things quicker. Okay. I didn't do this with Claire and I should have, but you should have. It, 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 but she made it through fine, but I'll do this for Elizabeth. Is so um the term baby face uh, or face is the good guys, heels are the bad guys, and if I say kayfabe, that's a fancy wrestling term for in universe or in storyline. Okay. Okay. So Randy Savage debuted as a heel. So his, so his relationship with Elizabeth was very not great. It was, it wasn't abuse. It wasn't, it was, it was pretty close to abuse. It was as abusive as WWE TV was going to let him be (laughs) on like this PG environment. Like he doesn't like physically touch her or even verbally berate her, but like, he always, um, ne- he's very neglectful and he's very controlling and overly jealous. And the whole idea was kind of like, you want people want, they wanted you to feel sympathetic for Elizabeth and wanted her to leave him because she deserves better. Also, didn't he like Loki use her as like a meat shield from yes, getting he, like he would do by this. people? He would, he would love to, he would do this, you know, regular thing of, you know, when he's wrestling out there, he would hide behind her because he knows that the valiant good guys wouldn't punch a woman. Ha, so, ha, 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 <laughs> so uh, what I'm hearing is this was definitely written by a man. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Only only men writers around here. Is, oh my god! This oh, is wrestling yeah. in whenever. <laughs> the the as 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 long time viewers of our podcast will note, Austin and I have a uh, have have a lot of thoughts about the uh, the 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 journey we took to like good female representation in professional wrestling, namely the WWF slash WWE, because it took so damn long for them to get treated very, with like any modicum of respect it's been very long and yeah we're finally there we've been there the past hard. few years but like oh boy have the have have them waters been rough 
And so, but then uh, the thing is, is that Randy Savage is very charismatic and very good. And so people want to cheer him. This happens a lot in wrestling, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So they make him a baby face and they kind of switch the relationship a little bit. Now it's, he's not, now he's not like jealous and manipulative. He's just very defensive of all of the bad guys who keep wanting to hit Elizabeth. Uh, uh, how deep are we going to go first, into this? I mean, our I, wanna... first, I mean, our first episode uh, in this era of, of this relationship involves Miss Elizabeth getting getting hit by a Not, bad guy for the she get hit or knocked, just no, Yeah, she, she gets, gets pushed, pushed down, over. pushed over by a bad guy, and that was like a key, like, oh my god, how evil point. Yeah, like, the, like, like, like it's something the they kept harking back to oh, episode after so episode, many times. Which, which, which I again, long time viewers will know this. But I just want to like point this out to Elizabeth just to really hammer it home. The episode, that episode, uh, that first 80s episode we did, um, the big, big thing that happened in it was like Randy Savage and 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 Hulk Hogan teamed up, For which was like gigantic. A they real spent, Batman, a real Batman teaming up with Superman moment. They, that, how much time they spent on that in relation to how much time they spent harking on the fact that the goddamn Honky Tonk Man, who's this like dumb Elvis impersonator, yeah. um, pushed Miss Elizabeth is like nothing versus the entire show. Like, 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 like the the most momentous team up in all of wrestling happens on this episode, but they spend the whole goddamn time talking about how poor Miss Elizabeth got brutalized. Mm-hmm. So, woman in refrigerator trope. Got it. Yeah, in except a, she doesn't die. Yeah, she doesn't and, die, but her being hurt motivates the entire thing. It, women in refrigerators yes. and just a woman in a refrigerator. Titus Andronicus mm-hmm. was written before there were refrigerators. <laughs> <laughs> True. Very, very good. You make a very good point. Yes. But yes, that is. But you, it's a good thing that you brought up the Hogan uh, Savage thing because that's the next important part of this story. Is they're oh, they're, hey. they're the they're a team now. They're the best friends. They are the mega powers, as they were called. <laughs> and uh, during this time, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage becomes the WWE champion, and then they're friends until they're not. Um, I don't have the exact date for you besides it happened in February 1989, but I don't have the show and the date. But what happens is, is that in a tag team match, um, Alyssa, Miss Elizabeth gets pushed over again and, or no, she doesn't get pushed over. She gets like accidentally knocked over. Okay. That's him. And Hulk Hogan has an absolute freak out about this. And he picks her up and carries her to the back to go get treated by the medical staff, leaving Randy Savage alone to lose the match. And oh. Randy Savage goes backstage and he picks a fight with Hogan. And, and that's basically the end of the friendship. And we and it's and the story goes that okay, here's the story that the WWE wants to tell you. That the Macho Man is so jealous and petty that he thinks that Hulk Hogan is trying to steal his woman and steal his title, but he but that's totally not it, brother. Here's the story that most fans. Here's the story that most fans see. Yep, Hulk Hogan was trying to steal a man's wife. <laughs> Wait, in in or out of kayfabe? Um, in kayfabe. This oh, okay. like like. 
there are signs here. First of all, the inciting incident being li- like he literally picks Elizabeth up bridal style and runs to the locker room with her in tow to go get her checked out. And and I'm supposed to believe that, that Savage is seeing nothing, that he is making he's making completely out of a molehill. Yep. And then also there's like 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 the like when after they win matches hogan puts elizabeth on his shoulders as opposed to savage doing that and and that was another thing like ooh, you you get uh, and use savage's exact words is you got lust in your eyes and in your cold black heart hulk hogan that sounds that sounds about right for and for, the WWE's trying to be like oh this is a they're falling out over something dumb and then they're blocking it as a very intentional hey this is something that's going on kind of thing yeah no, I, th- I, th- I think that they in- I think the story genuinely is supposed to be that savage isn't jet is being unfair and irrational and paranoid but just like the fans see what's being presented and they're like no he kind of has a point though <laughs> yeah yeah no the you have to keep in mind the wwe or in this in this era the wwf right i was gonna room. say that for the end for one thing but yeah but on. but the, the 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 writer's room aren't always particularly good at kind of maintaining their own internal logic um mm-hmm. to the point to the point where like the dissonance between what you see on stage sometimes versus like what they're trying to sell you is so off that it's like it's disorienting and like borderline incoherent sometimes yeah so but savage and hogan have a big match together and the whole story ends up being like whose side will elizabeth take the answer is none she takes neither side by the end of this oh based but but hogan beats savage for the title wompy womp 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow of course naturally so then savage he's a heel again and but he but Elizabeth isn't in his corner, so what is he gonna do? He gets a new woman manager, sensational Sherry Martell. Um, basically, the best way to look at it is if Elizabeth is supposed to kind of be like the embodiment of all things good and pure, which she is, then yeah. Sherry Sherry is like the wicked witch of the WWE. <laughs> in like she is just pure evil. <laughs> oh man, I, I I'm they're they're about like three different three different like modern characters that immediately makes me want to compare her to so that's going to be fun yeah and they and macho man goes completely off the deep end he becomes the macho king with queen sherry by his side oh god and this partnership goes for almost two years for about two years and then but then it all ends in 1991 when uh, Randy Savage loses a match where if he loses, he must retire. Oh, so this he is went, like cusp of the new generation then. A couple years before, yeah. Oh, okay. And so uh, Savage loses and Sherry's like, yeah, I don't want you anymore because now you're a loser who's retired. Absolutely. But who comes running to the ring but Miss Elizabeth? This was... He may have had to been forced to retire, but he was reunited with Miss Elizabeth in the end. Yay. Not going to lie, that kind of sounds like a Hallmark movie, what you just described, where there's a bit of a misunderstanding, and then he goes with the other girlfriend who turns out to be evil and is like, oh, wait, I don't want you for the reasons I do want you. And then they get back together at the end in time to kiss in the gazebo at Christmas time or something. You know, yes, that, that that feels very appropriate. But like, but like even less character development for like the ingenue. Oof. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Being written boring. Let's yeah, go. it's no, it's, she... 
and 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 it's worth pointing out too that like in Cape, they don't really cop to the fact like for a long time they they do not cop to the fact that Randy Savage and Elizabeth were like an IRL couple. They yeah. they like they it it's not until like really the Savage, late the into Savage the saga. Hogan the Savage Hogan thing was pretty much the the big impetus to be like yes they are a couple because yeah. that's the whole point of his anger to begin with. Yes. But like, but leading up to that point, every bit of like weird jealousy and like control issues he had over her, that was all like to technically within the, within the bounds of like a platonic professional relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so which just makes everything even weirder. Yeah. Um, so 1991, you know, they're, they're together again and they end up having this big segment where Macho Man proposes. He go, you know, he goes, uh, Elizabeth, will you marry me? And she answers with Savage's catchphrase. She goes, Oh yeah. No, <laughs> no. God damn it. <laughs> this is art. This is art. It it is. You're you're not wrong. It is a very interesting performance art. Yes. Um no, oh, no. And so yes, what we're going to see today is the wedding that happened on pay-per-view. Um it happened in the uh, it happened yeah, they made they like the main event of a pay-per-view was the wedding. <laughs> yeah. And then there's some aftermath stuff that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to spoil everything that happens in the aftermath. Oh boy. But there's some aftermath stuff. <laughs> and, okay, that was the kayfabe story. Yes! I feel like I need to talk about what happened out of that because yes! that's just as wild. That's what I, I was about to ask you if we were you know, going to go into, like, the behind-the-scenes I feel like I feel like, that, I feel like that's, you need it for the full story of how insane this whole saga is. Yes, yes, that, this is true. You know, okay. So the re so in eighty in 1986, when Macho Man came into the WWE, he was already married to Elizabeth, and that's why he brought her on to begin with. He wanted his wife on the road with him. Oh, I'm already going to mark this down as a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Bring, bringing your non wrestler significant other on the road with you has been successful like none of the time. That always <laughs> ends up going poorly. <laughs> Big red flags. Yeah, and so uh, I'll put it like this, is that, you know how we talked about in storyline, how he's all like a petty, jealous asshole? Yeah, that wasn't just a character, that was indicative of their actual relationship. He was extremely jealous and paranoid of any man who ever talked to Elizabeth, to the point that he quite famously would lock her in the locker room, outside, by, in his personal locker room by herself, just to make sure that no man talks to her and that no other male wrestler talks to her. Yep. There's a lot it to was, unpack there. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Savage no. was kind of was kind of a dick, IRL. Nah, yes, this was all very bad. And like by 1991, this has fractured their relationship to nearly beyond repair. Like, oh, Miss Elizabeth didn't put up with this shit for that long. I mean, for several years, but like she got she grew increasingly more and beyond done with this, and she <laughs> became more rebellious and ready to get past it. And in addition, um. Savage was looking to kind of become a father and he needed to get off the roids. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the impetus for him retiring. 
is so that he could go become a family man. But also, um, it's my understanding that this wedding was kind of a way for them to try to rekindle their relationship. <laughs> like, they create this storyline wedding to try to improve their own relationship, which at this point was at its lowest. Yeah, yeah, do a big romantic gesture and then retire and it'll be fine. That'll fix all of our problems. And th they're also, it sounds like they're trying to have kids to save the marriage and that's not good for anybody. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, um, I don't think this wedding, I don't think the marriage lasts another year from this point in time. So that tells you how that went. Yeah, no. It is a, it is a sad, sad saga uh, of, of, of a man who just could not understand how to do the relationship thing properly. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, it was a rough time. And yeah. so, so, yeah, that that is kind of our our, our big segment for tonight uh, is mm -hmm. with all the wedding stuff. But now the other stuff that's happening. Oh, there's there's a one other major character beat I have to talk about. And. Ooh is um you know and this is that hulk what's hulk hogan doing um hulk hogan just got out of a storyline with sergeant slaughter that was terrible let me let me like sergeant slaughter was a fake military wrestler as in he wasn't an actual veteran but he played one and he got kind of popular he like he became super likable he got his own gi joe he was in the he was in the cartoon for. Oh, there's a reason I've heard that name before. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that name sounds really familiar, and I don't think it's from wrestling. No, nope, yeah, he was in GI Joe, Sergeant Jesus. Slaughter. Oh my god! But in 1991, uh, if you know your geopolitical history, you may remember that this is the 1991 is when the Gulf War happened, <laughs> and so in a couple months before that, WWE was like. You know, we were America had tensions with Iraq, with Iraq, and so they're like, "What if we did a storyline about it?" And so <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter comes out to TV, and he go, and he's all like, "America has become soft," and he's he's met a, he's made a new per close personal friend, Saddam Hussein. They name drop him multiple times on air, and in fact. Sat, in fact, when, when Sergeant Slaughter brings out new wrestling boots that are in kayfabe, personal gifts from Saddam Hussein himself. Oh, oh no! We got Slaughter out here in a fucking turban. Oh, <laughs> talking no, about no. how how Iraq is great. Oh my god. Oh, that's so funny. They talked They talked about burning a U.S. flag as part of this angle, and eventually everyone was like, nope, nope, you know what? That's a step too far. <laughs> that's the step too far. After yep. all the domestic abuse, the weird, toxic masculinity, all of that, it's the burning the American flag. Oh, no. Well, America, well, well, well Elizabeth, we, we can't be trampling on America here. Come on. Come on now. No, America. Don't, don't you know? So, yeah, and so he gets <laughs> um, he gets a new entourage. Uh, General Adnan, who uh, was actually, he actually did go to school with Saddam Hussein. That's like legit. That's super, that's a weird, fun factoid. And oh, no. Is then, that a fun factoid or just a factoid? Yeah, it's fair. It's a factoid. <laughs> He's legitimately from Iraq, which is important because the second character here is Colonel Mustafa, who was played by a wrestler formerly known as the Iron Sheik, who the Iron Sheik Wait, was this from motherfucker. Iran. This motherfucker? Yep. Oh, no. 
So now he's Iraqi. And we don't talk about how Colonel Mustafa and the Iron Sheik are the same person. We just don't mention it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just don't mention it. Oh, I will say, I will, I will throw this out there, is that wrestlers change, completely changing character without a single, like, mention of it is a surprisingly common thing to have happen. There are some there are some pretty famous characters out there who have been like previous characters that and they just like kind of never lampshade that fact or like they'll get double cast sometimes. I, I guess it's I wild. Guess, I guess they I guess they just didn't want to call attention to the fact that they took a guy who was from Iran and was like close enough <laughs> to Iraqi. Yeah. They just didn't want to bring that up. So they they, they it's kind of swept under the rug there. So how does all of this tie into the wedding? Is the wedding going to get stormed red wedding style? No, okay. Oh, so, I wish. No, uh, but they do this. Okay, so the storyline. First of all, uh, again, for the timeline here, the Gulf War took place pretty much entirely over February 1991. And by the way, this whole storyline got a whole lot more uncomfortable when it stopped being, I guess we kind of don't get along with Iraq, to, oh my god, we're sending soldiers to die in Iraq, and we're doing this cheap, not nationalistic nonsense. Yeah, every time WWE tries to go political like this, it just really blows up in their face, every single time. <laughs> And then, uh, so this was supposed to be the headlining match at WrestleMania, their biggest show of the year, Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. It was a complete financial disaster. Nobody bought into it. And also, <laughs> this storyline was so offensive, it cost WWE their relationship with NBC, which was a huge part of their cru huge crux of their pop first popularity period in the 1980s, was that they had, they had regular primetime specials on NBC that after they ran this storyline, NBC was like, nah. <laughs> wait wait so the gulf war is indirectly responsible for how shitty the new generation is you know what that's interesting that's an interesting butterfly effect theory and it's not entirely inaccurate oh no the because, because after effect is a powerful thing because after this in like the in like the early to mid 90s uh the it's the new generation era and it's just like cheap and shitty because wwe's on the verge of financial collapse and this is part of why yeah, oh and so, no and so not only does and again the the gulf war was february WrestleMania was late April or late March, early April. This storyline extends to SummerSlam in August. <laughs> they just kept going. Guys. Well after the war was over. <laughs> Guys. And so the, this was the, the actually the headline of SummerSlam 1991. A match made in heaven. The wedding. And a match made in hell. <laughs> When Hogan finally beat those darn Iraqi sympathizers for the last time. I mean, points for creativity, maybe? You gotta you gotta market your brand, I guess, yeah. if I'm being really generous here. Yes. The, the 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 company's ability to go like balls to the wall on some of their dumb ideas is at times admirable i will give you know you i didn't think i was going to give that much of an explanation about it because i thought it might we might do this storyline for the podcast sometime whatever ah, so, i don't i you know what i don't think i want to go through that as a whole storyline you I can would have just me get back and we can drag somebody else into it oh shit <laughs> oh god fair we need, we, need, we need we need a we need a friend who's a geopolitics expert to get in on this shit got it in political <laughs> science yes yeah we'll figure okay. it out 
Yeah. So anyway, Hogan's Wait, done with that now. David, Drew. Let's get Drew. Oh, God. I haven't talked to him in forever, but like maybe. He's going to Harvard Law School now. What's I know he's going to Harvard Law School now. What the fuck? Yeah. This is, a, this is an incredible he idea. He is going to be the next JFK scandals and all. Yeah. Oh, I know. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm so excited. Let's, I hope let's, he doesn't die horribly, but if he I does, was about to say, someday. Hey, I, I was a, that guy. I was about to say, we could still tell all of our grandkids that even if he doesn't die horribly, <laughs> what? Wait, hold up. Wait, why is his assassination necessary to like, to like, to, 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 to name he, drop when him? He gets, when he gets sworn into office, I'll be like, oh, I went to college with that guy. That, yeah, exactly. Pre you, precisely. You might think, maybe I'll edit this out of the podcast, but it's I'm not. not. No. But it's I'm not, not, it's not It's to. not. It's not. We, we'll, we'll, we'll save this discourse for later. But yes, we have, okay, yeah. potential potential future uh, person to bring in. for Anyway, about yeah. Hogan. What is uh, Hogan, Jesus. In the meantime, here's some, now that we've got that soap opera stuff out of the way, now I can talk about <laughs> wrestling drama, political drama. Oh, God. So, so the other major wrestling organization that isn't the WWE in 1991 is the NWA. Hey. I'm not going to explain what that is because it's not really important to this story. But basically, the NWA, uh, their champion is Ric Flair, uh, one of the more notable wrestlers to exist in pop culture. Uh, he was the champion, but he had trouble. He had some troubles with management and they fired him while he was champion. And uh, so uh, some ba some fun stuff about the NWA, what they do is that when you become NWA champion, you pay a $25,000 deposit to them and you get the belt, like the physical prop. And then when you lose the belt, they give you your money back for in exchange for the prop. They never gave Ric Flair his deposit on the way out. Oh, so that's he's, some BS. So he's the legal owner of that belt now, right now. And, and this so is why the NWA doesn't exist anymore. Oh, no, it does, but it's just oh. very low level. Yeah. But, um, so he's now signed with the WWE as the NWA, WCW, whatever, world champion. And he oh, has God. their belt. Oh, God, this thing. And they're showing the belt on TV. And so he's starting this whole thing with Hulk Hogan about being the real world champion. Naturally. Okay. okay. The look there, there's like a weird amount of politics that goes behind like who holds the belt and like whether or not they're like actually present within the organization. This is a thing that happens a lot. Like like we just we one of the storylines we just recently went through had to do with a really like high profile wrestler like winning a championship belt and then leaving the WWE with it. Um, so this is a thing that like they love to to harp on. Yeah, when they can do belt drama, they'll do belt drama. Oh my god, they go so hard on that belt drama. Oh boy. Yeah, so that that uh, Hulk Hogan is on this episode responding to um these this whole like you know real. And all of this is happening during a wedding. Oh no, the wedding is only part of this. Okay. Yeah. No. The, the, the wedding's a small. The, I'm just. I'm. They're not interrupting to make a big stink. This isn't Shakespeare comedy levels. Of <laughs> I will no. say, I would not put it past them to do that. No, they do do stuff like that a lot. No, I want to. I want to point out to you that like the Macho Man and Elizabeth is the only wrestling wedding in history that goes off without a hitch. <laughs> like yeah. it is an. Ext not only are weddings a trope in wrestling, 
Reddit weddings getting ruined by drama is a trope in wrestling. Someone comes in and accuses of cheating. Someone tries to kidnap one of the people. Yep. Yep. This, this, this all, whole... Your hated rival shows up to just kick your ass. You know, also, yeah. anything can happen in a, in a wrestling wedding. Wrestling gets weirdly soap opery, dude. It's it, it, In some ways, like a lot of the backstage drama is kind of like right up your alley. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, so, but the wedding, this wedding, there's no drama. There's drama after the wedding happens. That's Excellent. Okay. That's a that's a hint for what, for what else is going to happen. So, yeah, so we have that storyline. We have Hogan's and nothing else major. So I guess, um, you know, a time to talk about what the format of this show is going to look like. And I feel bad because... Um, you know, David's first experience with wrestling and Claire's first experience with wrestling were in uh, a 2013 episode and a 2012 episode, um, respectively. And, you know, wrestling has obviously changed in the past decade, but like the structure of it is is pretty similar. Um, in 1991, completely different <laughs> than oh. what it's like now. Um, I didn't explain this term and I forgot to, is that Basically, in um, rest in this episode, all the matches are going to be jobber squash matches, and so oh no, a, a jobber is a wrestler who's kind of he's there to lose. He's like a dope. He's like a dopey Joe Schmo looking guy who's just there to lose to the important people. <clears throat> and you know. And on TV at this point in time, you know, T- they, they didn't get the big TV contracts. Um, their, their most profitable entity was still like selling tickets to shows. And so their idea kind of was, is that like, you can't do anything like super, super important. You can't have any cool matches on TV because if you do that, then nobody's going to pay to see for, uh, cool matches in person on, in a show. Yeah. That, that doesn't make sense. It- well, Hamilton. We we just saw this with Hamilton. That's like <laughs> don't shoot professional shots of Broadway shows because then nobody's gonna see it on Broadway, and we all know that's BS. Hamilton proves that. Yeah, well, I, this was back in the eighties when like when the discourse on that is even was even like further regressed than it is now. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, and also wrestling would fi- like, eventually it would end up being proven as dumb in that they would start doing more like momentous stuff on television. And what do you know? It didn't affect anything. Yeah. People Um, still, people still paid to go see wrestling. Even if they saw cool stuff for free on TV every week. Also like Vince McMahon, who's the head of the company. He's one of those, he's one of those like businessmen who like keeps making really dumb decisions and just like never happens to get totally sunk from it because like there's some sort of safety net there or other. Um, he's kind of an idiot a lot of the time. So him doing dumb stuff like like all jobber squashes for an episode, uh, somehow didn't completely like destroy yeah, his so, entire company. Yeah, but whenever you feel mad at him, you can just remember how much footage there is of people beating him up, like John yeah, Oliver. Yeah, I've, 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 I've talked I've talked about this on the podcast before. Of that, like, yeah. is that like, hmm. Is that like Vince McMahon has created an entire fictional character for himself to get beaten up, so he never has, so the fans never expect any sort of like repercussions for him outside of that context, you know? Yeah. 
if yeah. Jeff Bezos was a wrestling character that got beat up <laughs> every week, would people be yelling at him as much over over piss bottles? The okay, answer is still would, probably true. So but... What? I would pay so much to see that, though. I would love to see someone beat up Jeff Bezos. Well, true, but who would you be paying it to? This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this has been your political discourse of this episode. But <laughs> this anyway, entire thing has been political discourse. Except for the wedding. Except for the wedding. The wedding is just soap opera. That's yeah. Hallmark soap opera. That's BS. Nothing, nothing controversial here. Yeah, soap opera and geopolitics. What a, what a perfect combo. Anyway, I was I brought it up because I there are seven matches on this hour long episode, and there and I could bring up the, who you're going to see wrestle if you want to know. Like I was going to leave that up to you guys if you want me to tell you who you're. I mean, see are there any notable jobbers in this one, or any notable like superstars? Um, I mean, they're pretty notable for the time. Just. Like, like, do we got any, like, Heart Foundation or, like, Brooklyn Brawler in here? Or are they just kind of... Like... Oh, oh, nice. Okay. All right. I, I was, I was going to leave it up to you guys if you want me to just tell, tell you who are the other wrestlers you're going to see wrestle. Let's just name drop. Let's not go into histories because there's a whole bunch to, to okay, them. I'll, let's just, just name drop I'll name right. drop and give you an outline of who they're, of what their character is. Because okay. it's, it's the 80s. It's super easy to do. Yeah, so, they're, they're, all like, they're all, like, Saturday morning cartoon characters. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He's a dragon, but not like Drago is a dragon. He's not a literal dragon. Oh, okay. So but he just comes a... out and dragon stuff. Oh, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Fair enough. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. He's an old school guy who just is old and is good at the wrestling. He's not okay. really that unique. Good uh, for him, though. The Mountie! <laughs> the Mountie? Oh, it is exactly what you think it is. Yes, he does. He is he is the uh, heel Mountie. He's a bad he's he's the Mountie. He's a bad guy. <laughs> so we have two we have we have we have two major Canadians here. The Canadian is a bad guy? Yes. Oh, oh, we have a whole the, the Canadians Canadians get treated really weird in WWE for a multitude of reasons. Treated really weird in general. Well, mm-hmm. true, but like man, they really go hard sometimes Yeah. Like, any, no. Anyway, but now anyway. you got this dude in 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 the full mounty gear, yelling about how the mounty always gets his man. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you made um, my night with that impression, Austin. Thank you. His impressions are the best. It's yeah. great. Yes. Uh, Erwin R. Shyster. Yeah. No. 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 Erwin R. Shyster, or I R S. Can, can you guess what the character is, Elizabeth? Can you? Oh, no. Don't oh, worry. They don't, they don't riff too much on the fact that he's Jewish. It's all about how he's a tax accountant <laughs> who is all going on and on about how everybody, the wrestling fans, are all tax cheats who need to pay <laughs> their taxes. <laughs> Literally, he brings this up every time he comes on screen. He's like, all you people are tax cheats. He's yes. one of those characters I've really been hoping I never have to watch on this show. Oh, there's a lot That's unfortunate there. because he's yeah. a, he's a, he's a yeah. feature of the early to mid-90s WWE, David. I'm afraid you can't escape. Just like the just like the Internal Revenue Service, you can't escape the Irwin R. Shuster. All right. All right. Nope. 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 Moving on. <laughs> 
The Natural Disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon. They're a couple of fat guy wrestlers who you sure. can tell you can tell what their shtick is. Sure. <laughs> it's in the name. Sure. Tag team. Cool, cool. Uh, Jim Neidhart, who is part of the Hart Foundation, he's he's Canadian and cartoonishly evil. That's the that's the character. Yep. See, what did I tell you? Jim Neidhart, and then. And then the final wrestler, The Undertaker. Wait, wait, Jim Neidhart, but no Bret Hart? No. Owen Hart? No, Jim Neidhart's the only Hart we get today. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Oh, Undertaker, though. Alrighty. The Undertaker. So, his character is that he's a zombie wizard mortician. It kind of, it goes through spurts and they retcon things all the time about what he is. But, you, you know. You, you, you forgot to add Biker in there. That's that's from the future though. But that's, that's the future. Yeah. He does become a biker for a while. Yeah. He, be- he becomes a biker who loves America for a while, and then he goes back to being a dead guy who has yeah. zombie magic powers. And Un- Undertaker is one of the most enduring characters in all of this. Like so he's a necromancer. Uh, oh, yeah, but he doesn't Florida. really like raise people from the dead. He's just kind of like undead himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. He likes to throw people in caskets, though. This is this is an era. This is an era when he would like. They would show videos of him. He would like be like literally nailing caskets, being like, "I've prepared this spe- especially for you." <laughs> and and not to go too deep into it, but but he has a manager slash like mentor slash adopted father named Again, Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. They run uh-huh. a funeral parlor together. But, um, yeah, yeah. We've already done all the jokes about what it would be like if Paul, if you, if your funeral was run by Paul Bearer, yeah, and I didn't, the Undertaker. I don't want to harp on Paul Bearer. I just wanted to make Elizabeth aware. I feel like she needs. He's to he's gonna be here. on this episode. Oh so, wait, yeah. do I actually get to hear him talk now? Probably not because he doesn't. I don't think he's hosting his talk show this week. What? Oh, okay, fine, 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 fine. Whatever. Yeah, I I wish you got to hear hear him talk because i had to sit through him doing a talk show segment with irs where they got to talk about how you know they're great friends because you know death and taxes constance jesus christ oh god you all know right somebody thought that was the, so, so clever and they were so proud of it and somebody was like yes let's put that on the show and and you're just like why and are you okay that is that is the that is the wwe writers room ad infinitum that is just like Mm -hmm. every nearly everything they put on tv is someone thought it was clever and someone else for some reason had enough brainworms to green light and sometimes it is sometimes it is i don't want i don't want to like completely like i I never want to like totally 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 bash the company sometimes they do do do, the the writers room does really cool stuff but anyway there's a lot of creativity just from everything that has been discussed here so far you can tell that there are a lot of very creative minds and they have ideas. Mm-hmm. What they need is a filter. You know, there's a I lot just, of intelligence. There's not a lot of wisdom. They need a. They filter. need a. They need a real writer. But no. But what real writer wants to write for wrestling? <laughs> and so well, here we are. Well, Claire wants to write for them now. Um, That's fair. I will. I will say. Right, just now, I realized the added benefit of having Elizabeth on our show is that the her hers is a nice optimistic voice of reason to counterbalance against both of our cynical asses um i 
I'm the friend group cleric. This is established. I'm going yeah. to keep you alive. Yep. I. You know what? You believe you me. We're gonna need it. Yeah, I'm not super looking forward to this, except for the wedding stuff. To be honest, the wedding stuff and I am so maybe the Hogan stuff wedding. is gonna be like, fun. I, I love weddings. I love weddings, even if they're badly done. So let's go. Yeah. Yes. Again, that's All the right. whole reason we brought you on for this one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last thing is that um, the name thing. So we yes, I so. used WWE to make this easy, but at the time they were the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. This is before the World Wildlife Fund sued them. Yes. Yes, and that does tie into what I'm about to say. So, from the YouTube channel that I'm getting these videos from, there WWE currently has an agreement with the World Wildlife Fund that, you know, on their old archival footage, they can say the WWF, you know, that's fine. But there was a time when they couldn't, where they had to censor the WWF every time somebody said it. The YouTube channel that has these episodes has it from a time when that happens. So whenever someone says the acronym, it goes in the WW... <laughs> and they mute the F specifically. Excellent. And so it, we're going to hear that a lot. That make that better is if someone cheaply dubbed in E, like in a completely different voice. Like just oh my God. E. Now I'm going to so do good. that during the episode. <laughs> Like, uh, they can still say the World Wrestling Federation, the full name, but if they say the, the acronym, the they have to send it. The yeah, they have to, they have to, yes, they have to uh, censor that. So get used to hearing the WW blank for all, for, for this episode. <laughs> I was going to pre-warn about that because that's a weird audio thing to deal with. But woohoo, that is it. That, I, I am happy with myself and how fast I got that covered. But yeah, that is everything we need to know. Excellent. Alrighty, let's right. jump in. Yes, yeah, see you guys in the back half. And we are back. Uh, we have just finished our uh, the uh, the uh, a little bit of everything in that we saw the wedding of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth at SummerSlam '91. Uh, the fallout in at at their uh, reception at the September seventh, nineteen ninety one episode of WWF Superstars, and then the September fourteenth episode in its entirety. Yes. So off the bat, we got to throw it to our, to our, to our guest star. <clears throat> what, what did, what did you think? The wedding was surprisingly tame and genuine. I was not expecting that. The outfits being the craziest thing threw me for a loop. Like I was half expecting, like we made our own vows kind of thing, but then they had shenanigans at the reception. So that ended up paying out. Okay. Except, Poor Miss Elizabeth getting harassed by that snake was a lot. Poor Miss Elizabeth gets harassed by everything, to be fair. <laughs> Poor Miss Elizabeth deserves so much better. But yeah, the reception was everything I hoped for. Um, and then the matches, some of them were really well done. You could tell that there was a lot of athletic ability. I'm mm -hmm. kind of sad that some of them didn't get to show more because the jobbers who were getting thrown around, clearly they have some ability if they're able to keep taking these hits over and over mm. again without like breaking bones constantly and you could see like the beginnings of they can do really cool stuff but because of plot they can't do really cool stuff so that was kind of sad but it was fun it was weird but it was fun <laughs> you know all right so let's so let, we should keep track of what our friends think of this because claire was like this is really gay and really weird but not gay enough or weird enough and, really? elizabeth, and elizabeth says this is weird but fun 
Yeah, I mean to be fair, I feel like weird but fun is a pretty is a pretty apt uh pretty apt <laughs> definition. Um, although I I, I do want to um harp on something I noticed you said uh, Elizabeth when we were watching is you called one of the jobbers like a stuntman, and I honestly like it took it like I had never thought of it that way before. And I think that that too is super apt because like nah, damn that's kind of what these guys are here to do. They're all stuntmen who perform live in front yeah. of people. No, and it's one and, of those things I keep thinking about because um. Once upon a time in Hollywood was very important. Of this is a stuntman relationship with an actor he's worked with for a while, and there's been other stuntmen and stuff who have mm-hmm. done things, and they keep going on reality shows like American Ninja Warrior. They stuntmen te- seem to do really well on there, and it's just one of those stunts are hard, and not getting hurt and being able to do all this mm-hmm. stuff takes a lot of training. So props to them. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I- I think it becomes an, I think it's especially a shame then that, that their whole job is to come here and lose and lose in such easy, humiliating ways. Um, it, 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 it's, it's such a tragedy that like, damn, there is, there, there is kind of this deep hidden impressiveness to jobber squashes in what is asked of jobbers, but it's hidden. We don't get to ever appreciate it aside from the fact that like, all of these guys are really good at selling and have the physicality to sell in like a cartoony way that matches up perfectly to the to to to, to the to the vibe of the era. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of talent to be a guy to be the fall guy. Yeah, and they and they and they they encapsulate that perfectly. Um, no, this so- is theater. It's some sort of theater. I I don't remember all of the words. I don't remember all of that, but it is definitely theater. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. I mean, early on, I was comparing WWE to Shakespeare. Like, there is a lot. One hundred percent. There's long-running plot lines that make no sense. Oh, I'm mad at you because of this really small and significant thing that happened twenty years ago, and I'm going to bring it up on your wedding day. That kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, ab- absolutely. You, you didn't even get to see anyone give a long monologue. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, like, like. Honestly, this era is not the best for it, because like all of the promo cutting is done like in interviews like kind of what we saw with the the hulk hogan thing where he's just kind of yeah. talking about like my fans are great man and or they're and, or they're or they're in behind a green screen yeah they're or they're on a green screen but like yeah. but, like in modern era it it becomes this whole like um people get on mics and just like talk to the audience for a little bit and that's when it's kind of at its most shakespearean what what i think you hit on really well the shakespearean aspect of this kind of comes from the soap opera side of this of like mm-hmm. there's so much weird i live shit. for the drama no some of this reminded me of um austin i know i've told you about these before but hallmark has a movies and mysteries channel and they have several mystery series um my favorites include mystery 101 and um I loved crossword mysteries because it's Lacey Chabert who makes crosswords for a living. <laughs> mysteries. My God. If you ever want to see Gretchen Wieners make crosswords and also end up at horrific crime scenes, it is your show. It is just perfect. But very much they have recurring characters who's, who come in and out. They'll be like the assistant who you haven't seen for two movies and she comes back in and all of a sudden she's got a cousin who needs to handle these things. So I know that this is very different from Hallmark movies, but as an avid Hallmark watcher, the pacing is very similar. And they also keep it simple enough that anybody could pick up at any point and be able to follow along decently enough, Mm -hmm. which is also very Hallmark. Because I've tried watching Young and the Restless. I don't know who anybody is or what is going on. But 
I can turn on Mystery 101 and be able to tell you exactly what's happening. And if I don't know, they just explain it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think I think that's one of the bigger like deviations of, of of soap opera and wrestling is that I think wrestling is infinitely easier to just kind of pick up and start. And 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 okay, I it kind of cracks me up because like the the era like 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 how the how this is filmed the kind of camera quality of of what we have in this era it almost feels akin to to what a soap opera looked like in back in the 80s like that same kind of weirdly grainy smudgy feeling like cinematography it's now that you say that it's nearly identical and that's really weird to think about I don't know how I feel about that. Well, the thing is, with filmed mediums, you find things that work, and then you stick to it. It's like how, um, for a while, everybody on YouTube had the same, like, three-shot setups, and it's because you find stuff that works, and you've got to find those things that work. And the WWE clearly has a formula that works for them. They might need want to check camera angles for someone like me who likes to nitpick a bit, and I can be like, yeah, you're not stomping on his head. You're nowhere oh. near his head. Oh, the nitpicking is welcome on this show. We do that Very. all the damn time. We do that all the damn time. Um, but no, it's like we, they did a slow-mo thing of The Undertaker doing something, and it's like, oh, you didn't slam his head. You like did a bit of a woo, and then you laid him gently on the ground. That is his signature move. That is the tombstone. Yeah, and, and, and he does it better because he'll like learn like he kind of what he did is he kind of like it's it's almost like he slung the guy over his shoulder and then just kind of dropped him that way. Like what he'll do is he'll get a lot better at like positioning them in the center of his body and with like the head almost in between his his legs and it's it has a much it looks much better. That well, way. The, the 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 thing is too like finishing moves have evolved so much from this era because like mm -hmm. they look significantly more dangerous nowadays and are are you know thus harder to pull off mm -hmm. um but they so you know uh, so much rarer are like unconvincing for that they 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 actually a lot of times do come across well like even going into uh the late 90s once we hit the attitude era that's kind of where where that really hits its peak like mm -hmm. i think about what the stone the, sto blah, 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 the stone cold stunner looks like in the mid 90s mm -hmm. um which is like a a, a, in a harsher move than the tombstone i think and it, and it's evolved some so like it's funny that like this was coming out of their golden age but they're still so clearly trying to find their footing in 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 like what they're presenting to their audience it's kind of it's kind of interesting I don't know if it's even finding a footing because this is just kind of what the audience was expecting and looking for. Like, this is just kind of what wrestling was like in 1991 and earlier. But like, like, okay, it, as an example to that is like, is, is, um, is Elizabeth noted that one of the, uh, one of the natural disasters earthquake, I'm pretty sure it was, did a, it did a flying kick, a drop kick at the beginning of their match. It when, was so and, she cool. and I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. And then it was just a lot of running back and forth yeah. across the ring, like a Tom and Jerry cartoon with no imagination. A, but, but like a decade ago in the seventies, a drop kick is a finisher. <laughs> Like you do that, you hit, you hit that move at once and like, okay, that's it. You, you win. And it's like wrestling has evolved so to be more complicated. So it's, it's an art form that evolves. It's like Commedia dell'arte and how that fed into other things and stuff. Oh, oh yes, yeah, no. absolutely. The, the vibe, uh, even, even just like, just, just like the, the, the kind of, um, genre of the show in a way kind of changes with every era. Um, it, it, it all kind of has that similar, like, you know, this is a, reality sports show vibe but it comes across in such different ways like 
like the, the what we have here in like late nineties or late eighties, early nineties is so like polished with those those green screens and those backdrops and everything's an interview. But like nowadays, a lot of it comes across like um it, it's done through like these 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 um um what's the word I'm looking for candid quote unquote um backstage segments that just like oh, get yeah. filmed and piped out to the audience. Oh yeah, they so, will that's very popular. Well, part of that could be because of the nature of what we watch on TV has changed. Reality mm -hmm. TV is a bigger thing. YouTubers have authenticity, so a different kind of oh, this is rough and unfinished. We caught them backstage kind mm -hmm. of feel. They need to adapt to suit what audiences of this time expect. Yeah. That would be that uh, would be fair. I, I want to I wanna ask, too, Elizabeth, um, because this is another kind of area of expertise for you. I kind of want to get your general, like, like we were talking about cinematography a little bit, but like on a broader level, I kind of want to get your feelings on the overall production design of what's happening. Like, 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 how do you feel about like about like costuming and about like set uh, set for for what there is of set um, and kind of what that um, what that kind of speaks to in terms of the entertainment value here? Um, I think the fact that it's simple does a lot of the lifting work. It can work for every single act. They don't have like huge banners or posters that need to be taken down in between, which I'm sure is great mm. when they're on the road. <laughs> yeah. I do know that there are in the future things like cage fights and other extreme things. And there's other things like yes. all over. And mm. I can sense that maybe some of these things would be made more interesting by having additional props and everything. But in all honesty, knowing that this is like we found an arena we've set up here and we're just doing this tonight, it makes a decent amount of sense. The costumes, I had a lot of fun with. I loved, <laughs> I loved all the sleeveless versions of things that they could find. I thought that was a lot of fun. The Mountie, especially when someone, I don't remember which one of you made the comment, oh, is he going to fight in his jacket? And he had a vest sleeveless version on underneath. And I'm just like, yes! It was that was that was legitimately really funny. No, like 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 he I, like he, I pulls, he dressed like that and I laughed. He pulls off the uniform and I'm just expecting okay, he's gonna do what every like wrestler of the era does where they have like a big thing up top. They're gonna pull off the thing and they're just gonna be like shirtless and buff and greased up oh, and no, whatever underneath. So and then and then and then he unveils like a mini sleeveless for version of his uniform below it. And I'm like, wait, you just wear that under your normal uniform? It was a cute little waistcoat. I was here for it. Yeah, it's still like red and a button up with like all the pockets and shit. It's just like sleeveless and not as like bulky. They have the little shoulder things going on. Yes! That was great. Um the manager's color coordinating to their um wrestlers was really, really cool. Um well, that's just material. one guy. That's just yeah, one guy. Jimmy. That's a Jimmy Hart special. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to know what those outfits are made of because seeing the amount of sweat, and I'm sure there was also some oiling up that was happening. Very. I don't want to think about having to do that laundry. Like, <laughs> I went backstage at Wicked when I was in high school, and you know, Glinda's bubble dress, and she comes down surrounded by bubbles. Mm -hmm. They have designed the dress so they can stick it in the shower at every single night so they can clean it off from all of the soap that comes from the bubbles. Oh, Lord. I'm just wondering if the WW beep has that kind <laughs> yeah, of... Yeah, we're not allowed to say the correct name. Oh, my God. They don't even, they don't even like, beep it out. They just cut the it audio. Just cuts out. It just cuts out. That's, and that different, that's, different, that's different than what it's been the last couple of weeks. I was, I was not expecting to not hear anything. Yeah, it was a lot. But... It, I just wonder who has the foresight, who makes the costumes? Are the costumes all washed together? What does the laundry situation look like when they're on the road? Man. I have questions. 
I know that this is way too practical for pro wrestling, but I'm just here like, okay, there is a lot of purple eyeshadow that's going to be all over this guy's outfit because he was fighting The Undertaker. What's the plan here? How are we getting that out of this gold thing? It's, it's going to be a whole lot of, you'll figure it out. We got a show to make tomorrow that's like 80 miles away. Get stepping. Yeah, no. The, the, the production schedule on this stuff is insane and it's 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 wild to see how they pull this off um with the resources they have and the time they have and honestly i don't mind that you're bringing a super practical consideration to this because it's kind of weird to step back and look at wait how do they like like all of the work that has to go into like maintaining everything backstage there's a lot of work to be done and i say even even 91 Yeah, I say this as the person who costumed Pride and Prejudice with some help, and we had to do things like steaming the dresses every couple of performances and make sure you're wearing stuff underneath your costumes and things like that. And so I'm looking at these guys in granny panties and boots, and I'm like, who's washing this? Yeah. That, that, that was a lot of sequins on that robe, and you just threw it on the floor. Who's cleaning that and how? <laughs> Yeah, the, and and like yeah, this is a three hundred a day global tour that is yeah. WWE in ninety one. You know, it, it's yeah, it's 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 absolutely wild. Like and and it almost in a way like like I the perspective you're bringing this to it almost kind of like makes me want to loosen up a little bit on my general attitude toward this era of of like the 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 company because I'm. I again long time listeners know I am really critical of like from from the end of the golden age up until the attitude era like I just do not enjoy when when we're when we slog through these like weird long jobber squash matches with all these like characters that just do not have any memorability to them whatsoever but in a way you know, back then, especially like now, the company's starting to get a little bit financially tanked, and they're kind of getting to that like weird breaking point. Um, it, there is kind of something to be said for like, damn, how much really can you do with the demands of what you have to like, mm-hmm. what you have to do uh, all the time, every day backstage to make sure this damn show actually gets put on. Well, not to mention, we talked a little bit about Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage having a strained marriage. And you know they weren't paying for therapy or anything, but you do still have wrestlers traveling along with you, and you might have their families traveling along with you. Yeah. And so you're probably having to pick places to stay or other venues and things like that where you can accommodate everybody. You're having Mm -hmm. to take all these practical considerations into mind. So when it feels a little bit like a rushed community theater production of Peter Pan Jr., you know... That it's just because they're running on like five dollars a cheese sandwich and a lot of chutzpah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that a lot of chutzpah, and, and you know, how do you you numb the pain with some pain pills and whiskey? Yeah, like yeah, real no. man, and all that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help that like that that a lot of the people like you know that that front for the camera, and I'm sure like our writing and stuff are all probably some level of like asshole a pain in the ass to work with because of the nature well, of, I'm like, sitting there watching these stunts and nobody's wearing any helmets or anything and my little health science is going. <laughs> Please don't think about how many concussions that happen in wrestling. I watched also, the John Oliver thing. I can't unthink it. And also, now yeah. also it and got, like, it, got it, David. We're never doing hardcore matches with Elizabeth. 
Yeah, no. Oh god. Look, I struggle enough with blading. We're not we're not gonna go even remotely go there if we bring Elizabeth back on again. We need to find we need to find a happy middle ground of of matches that are actually fucking entertaining, but don't go so hard in the other direction that like I, we're sitting here watching these motherfuckers bleed from their foreheads. Easy peasy can do it. Yeah. You no, know, it's just you watch somebody slam and you're like, oh, there's a lot of blood vessels that could burst in that part of the body. <laughs> Yeah, well, so 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 what we're referring to here, and this is a long-running meme on this show, is blading is when, um, in order to to really sell how hard and harsh a slam is, wrestler has a like razor blade hidden somewhere in their costume, and like the camera will cut away from them and they like cut their forehead open, um, to like make themselves bleed. Oh That's, yeah, that is, that is the by far the most common way to sit to us uh, do. Oh, do you know bleeding. how many nerves are in here? No. Nope. And, yeah, and you gotta have, be you gotta be real careful. <laughs> yeah, there are some wrestlers that do it enough that like their their forehead their are, like, forehead like, are scarred. Oh, like, scarred oh from, like, yes, yeah, yeah. No, it's, got, so many, there's so many nerves and blood here. vessels in your face. Like your nose is known as the danger zone with dermatologists because they have to be really careful because it can get start bleeding insanely and it can get infected insanely. And oh god. Listen, yeah. as long as long as the blood doesn't get in the eye, then they just kind of let it go. Cake <laughs> blood is a thing, though. But it looked. But listen, it, it, it looks. It's <laughs> gotta look real, Elizabeth. Yeah, so yeah, many no. different so kinds of fake blood, though. Do you really need to scar yourself for? No. Yes. No. The answer, we don't. The answer to this in wrestling world, yes, that is the case. Uh, what you do. <laughs> yep. It's 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 not super prevalent in this era where it starts to really It'll pick up is when we. Bad. When we hit the Attitude Era, which is like late, late 90s, edgy, late extreme. Late 90s is when, is when that happens. Yeah, like, like, like they go like, like it's, it's like late 90s, like extreme edginess. You can imagine kind of what that aesthetic comes out to be. And then, um, again, you, and that's not even getting into like weapon usage. Yeah, this is this, true. This because is just bleeding. We are, we are at, we are at a point, we are, we are, we are entering the era of WWE's weird limbo uh, between, it's like, golden age 80s this is a saturday morning cartoon show that's marketed hugely to kids um and we have these really goofy characters and everything while there's a lot of like adult theming and stuff everything remotely stays like stays decently wholesome um we're at a we're at a limbo like between that and the the revival of the company in the late 90s with the attitude era and like we're going grim dark on everything um so we're entering that period where it WWE starting to have a little bit of an, of an identity crisis. We're not there yet, um, but how lackluster shows like this can feel um, kind of is is here to kind of is this interesting display of of like you know we're getting out of the era where where what they were in the eighties is appealing to audiences. Um, they want more. And right now they're not really sure how to deliver on it. So they go goofy and weird with the with the production design because like that's their solution is just make it weirder, crank the weird up to eleven. But it doesn't and, and at least from my perspective, again, maybe our maybe our far more optimistic guest star here can <laughs> can, can can um lighten the lighten the cynicism here. But to my mind, it's like cranking the weirdest up, but it doesn't have any teeth to it. I think it's lacking a direction is the main thing. Like a lot of the fights and the theming and the beefs and everything. Like Austin, you gave me context. I still couldn't follow it. It feels like 
I know tried. you're watching a show and there's supposed to be some big overarching thing that's tied in with all of the other little things that are going mm. on. For example, Austin, um, CW Nancy Drew is a great example of this because yes. they're, doing, they're doing all these tiny mysteries and it all ties into a big mystery. But you need writers to like sit down and come up with the big thing and then delegate the smaller things. And it feels like that they don't have a big thing right now. And I'm sure they will at some point. They just, they need guidance. And I keep saying this about a lot of things in my life lately, both as myself and as my D&D characters, they need <laughs> guidance. They're just lost. I, I want to throw in here, by the way, one of the one of the uh, the delights of of having Elizabeth as a friend is is her ability to tie the most random like pop culture references into like into any conversation. It's wild. Like I have learned about so many TV shows that like I've never even goddamn heard of before, just because like Elizabeth's able to be like, you know what this reminds me of. I'm so, um, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> glad this became a Hallmark movie podcast. I know. <laughs> If you ever want to do a Hallmark movie podcast, I will show you my favorite movies. I will show you the one where the guy's a photographer and his wife's dead, but his son likes this girl and they make pot pies together and it's great. We made you a know, I made a we're making a backdoor pilot episode and I didn't even know it. The 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 best part is Elizabeth what you just described could be a WWE plot. Um, no, that's the thing. You need to keep it simplistic. You need to having recognizable faces like Lacey Chabert's and everything. Candace Cameron, Bur Cameron Bure is in a lot of things now. And wrestling feels a lot like that. Like you talked about um, the Brooklyn Brawler keeps coming up as different characters. That's very Hallmark. So the WWE and Hallmark are the same is basically what this all boils down to. Yes. Okay, I, I do I do I do wanna I do wanna kinda dig a little deeper into that. Um just because this is something Austin and I have talked about. Well no 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 from like from like from a broad thematic standpoint. Because this is something Austin, you and I have like joked and you know, joked about before on this on this show. But I do find it kind of an interesting parallel. Like Elizabeth, from your from your expertise of Hallmark, um how would you say that there is kind of a main way that conflict in any of those like productions tend to get resolved? Like, like kind of an Actually overarching like, communicating and talking to each other instead of assuming things. This is Boo. wrestling where the only way anything gets solved is a punching. There's also yeah. big grand gestures. There's the, I'm so sorry, but you need to do this. There's the families pushing them in together so that they are in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So, so true love conquers all with all with all hallmark yes is is the yeah which Even in that terrible terrible jeremy jordan one where he plays twin chefs look look yes but still love still love um which is which is another fun parallel because in the world of wrestling you solve everything by fighting it's it's like it's such a it, these things this is why this stuff fascinates me so much personally um, is because you have things like Hallmark, things like WWE that kind of set, set themselves off as like representations of the real world, but they're each twisted in this really weird way that sets them in their own kind of like microcosm of the and universe. And they definitely have their target demographics and they tend to pander to those demographics very, very heavily. And they have a formula that they like to stick to. There's like A, B, C, D in Hallmark. It's the big third act misunderstanding 
Um, in wrestling, I imagine it's the sudden twist of betrayal or something before a big fight where someone you no. thought was your friend is not your friend. There's a lot of we sudden, get a lot of those. We do like our sudden betrayals. Yeah. We do like our sudden. Our very first episode, the highlight was a sudden was a sudden betrayal moment. <laughs> so right. yeah, yeah, first, sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah, no, I mean, th yeah, the 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 surprise heel turn is always is always a good move. Um, and and. What's what 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 I think if we ever get to get get you back on to watch like a modern era thing, I think what you really appreciate with there is more like, actual like, story with like well it and it, it does it does a great job of like overarching and like planning and payoff and setting shit up yeah, that'll like that'll actually do. like yeah, um like that that'll like, run throughout. You can tell the company is like trying to do something and they don't know quite how to do it yet. They're experimenting because all of those fights had vastly different tones. All of the smack talk had mm -hmm. very different tones. You could tell it's a bunch of people writing separate things and not everybody tying it into one big thing. So if they're doing the big thing now, I'm sure I will love modern era stuff. And I do hope to come back because this was a lot of fun. Yes. yes. Well, well, I, I think what cracks me up too, like we're talking about the demographic they pander to, like for for as much like this is one of those things where the the the, the WWE audience never fails to surprise me because man. They were really bought into this wedding shit. They were going. They were so so excited to see like Randy and Miss Elizabeth kiss and well, like weddings. Weddings are big deal, and that's another hallmark thing. Is you will have series where they meet in the first one, and then they have a wedding in the second one. Most obvious example of this is a Nashville Christmas and then a Nashville wedding, because um, <laughs> I think it's Jody Sweeten and Wes Brown are in a Nashville Christmas. And they fall in love. No, it's a Christmas at Graceland. And then it's wedding at Graceland. It's not Nashville Christmas. It's Christmas at Graceland and wedding at Graceland because they are both very connected to Graceland. And they make Elvis jokes constantly. And Priscilla Presley shows up in wedding at Graceland. <laughs> but, 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 like, but, but like you don't expect like a wrestling audience to be bought into shit like that is the thing. But Everyone they are. a love story. Well, but to the point where, like, they're showing a, like, five-minute montage of, of how happy the reception is before, like, we, we cut to it, like, falling to shit. Yeah, no, it's just, like, and that was, like, that was an, that was a, that was an ad for their home video VHS release, is be like, buy this VHS so you can get the special bonus content, and the bonus content is just their wedding reception. Plus I mean, the drama at the end, but that's only, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, weddings yeah. are so good. Weddings I, are great. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and, and it is funny that this was such kind of like a momentous thing, and like it is the first of its kind in a lot of ways. Um, but goddamn, it just never strikes, it never fails to strike me as weird of like, of like some of the weird things that like wrestling fans will buy into that like you wouldn't expect from like what you, what you imagine is like the standard like macho want every, you know, everything manly and cool and whatever wrestling fan. Like, like man, the, 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 the crowds cheer. When they kissed, oh man, it was it. They they were all going for it. Well, that's because at heart we're all softies. We can argue about the differences between Hallmark movies and WWE and CW shows and kids shows and Disney movies and all these and community theater, all these things that seem so completely separate from each other. But let's be real. We love our story structure that gives us a happy ending, a little bit of conflict, and a lot of drama in between. Yeah. That's why we still watch soap operas. That's why Young and the Restless is in like season 26 or something like that. There's a lot to go off of.
That's why we get invested. Holy shit. Dang. <laughs> Damn. You know, I thought I I thought like my ability to like analyze this shit from the get-go was impressive, but like goddamn, dude. Fucking round of applause for, for Elizabeth's like Thank you. I've been watching like, a lot of stuff on YouTube lately. But excellent. Damn. Yeah, no. That I mean, I think that sums it up beautifully of like yeah, it's still like like people buy into this because they want that happy ending at the end of the day, no matter how much of a like big yee truck driving wrestling fan you may be. If you get that wedding at the end, it still gets it still exactly. gets all that serotonin pumping. God you want to see them ride off into the sunset? It's gonna be great. This is this is this is true. Um, and after, which and after, and after you get that sunset moment, then Jake Roberts un, uh, unleashes a snake, a snake on your wife, and now it's suddenly like I want to see Macho Man get his hands on. Yeah, yeah, because that's set up for another part of the happy ending. Is like, well, things went to shit. So how's it gonna get fixed? Like, like you don't think about it in the moment, but when when you're, you know, kind of what's going on in the back of your head is is like you see that snake pop out, and kind of immediately your brain subconsciously goes to, well, how's this wrong gonna be righted? Mm -hmm. Damn, we got <laughs> yeah, real that... deep there, and all over, Jesus. A, and all over a wedding that was trying to save a failing marriage. Oof. Yeah, no, that's kind of like the, the underlying tragedy of this whole thing is just like what's going on behind the scenes that just makes it so like, man. In universe, I'm sure it was beautiful, but I know a lot. It's like hearing my mom talk about the Princess Diana, Prince Charles wedding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or it's like, I'm sure it was beautiful at the time, but now I'm looking back and it's nothing but painful. Yeah, stuff like this in a, in a like if you know like anything past what goes on in kayfabe, a lot of old wrestling stuff does not age well. Yeah. Um, um, especially in this era, there's so many like scandals and so many so like many scandals, so many dead wrestlers, so many stories that have gone bad. Yeah, it, it, it's it's that that's like the ultimate like the the ultimate like screwy thing about watching older wrestling stuff is just like the retrospect of like how mismanaged things got a lot of the time is just woof like 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 this is the tip of the iceberg for how bad that is because it's just like it ultimately boils down to some interpersonal drama of like mm -hmm. they could have been an awesome power couple but their marriage failed because randy savage was a piece of shit um but but like it just goes so much deeper than that sometimes like like Going, going off things like the Montreal screw job, or like yeah, wrestlers that end up tragically dead or shit like that. It all just, oh man, um, which which is 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 makes it for makes for a really interesting watch with a lot of conflicting feelings. Uh, we've been doing we this. We've been doing this podcast for like five months, and we've already done two different tragic wrestling wrestler deaths. Yeah. Oh man. One of them, one of them was accidental, but you know it happens. Yeah, ladies um, and gentlemen, this is why it's good to have a primary care physician and to get regular checkups and make sure that everything is working as it should be. <laughs> like literally, I'm working on my capstone right now, and our solution is educate people and get them primary care providers so that they can do things healthy and be okay. Also, yeah. also, also, kids, uh, don't uh, do not get hooked on pain medication or cocaine. That would or solve. Or steroids. That that would solve most of those wrestler tragically soon wrestler deaths. 
or or lock your wife in in a locker room every time you go out to wrestle because you're scared of her talking to another dude. It's about balance. We need to find, <laughs> and once again, we see the need for guidance. Yes. Which there's a recurring theme here. It's almost like people need to not be so obsessed with themselves. They need to look outside of themselves for help and to offer help. Jesus. Dang, we Dang. got real. We get deep. This, we is, got, this we is, got, is like this is, this, like, is, this is more real world than I'm used to on this. Podcast. Can you yeah. tell him taking social epidemiology this semester? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, even when you're not taking social epidemiology, this is pretty on brand. This is pretty on brand. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. I am the mom friend, and tonight, yeah, yes. no, the, the mom friend watching wrestling is probably my favorite juxtaposition we've done on this show yet. Of of like. Um, letting Elizabeth know all the weird shit that's going on behind the scenes and just seeing how she reacts to, oh, oh, honey, no. No, what you need to do is um, you need to get Curtis on here and find one of the most Shakespearean sagas and have him cover those. Because if that's, you're talking, knowing the art of theater and everything, he's your guy. That's what I've been saying. That, 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 that's what we've been talking about that for I'm like- saying, what I've been working on it. I don't know what, I don't know what to do with that one. We're, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. It. I mean, we kind we kind of blew our load there with Summer of Punk, but like I'm sure there's something that we, something. Oh, uh, I can find something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, just just it's so funny. Like because 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 with episodes like this, the content wise, God, even with the wedding, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So it's fun to take it to a new deep level and kind of use it as a chance to step back and examine kind of the broader. Um, the broader phenomena of what goes on yeah, with a show I, like this, I was expect- as unique. I was as- expecting more outside of the wedding, or it wouldn't have bothered with the whole with the Hulk Hogan explanation from before. Yeah, that was literally just cutting a promo. What the? F- yeah, that had no tie to anything. I assumed it would have a tie to something. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Well. No. Yeah. And there we go into the classic thing of some people just like to hear themselves talk. So that felt very much. Wait, well, listen here. Oh, so let me tell you something, brother. All the little I don't I don't just love to hear myself talk, dude. All the little Hulkamaniacs love hearing me talk, brother. They love seeing the twenty-four inch pythons, brother. Oh, that's the thing. Hulkamaniacs are there other regrettable names? Because like, I know fan groups <laughs> <Where>? is <laughs> hard. <laughs> But Hulkamaniacs, is that because Hulkamania was a thing? Yes, Hulk Hogan was the Hulkamania, Hulkamania was the, was, was the, was Hulk's thing. And so all of his fans are the Hulkamaniacs. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's unfortunate. Look, look, Hulk is a whole subject outside of himself. Austin and I are going to, are working on something to, to 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 really honor his batshit egoism uh, a little bit yes, down the line. Yes, his musical album. Yes, yeah, the Hulk rules musical yeah. album. Um, I love musical albums by people who shouldn't have musical albums. My dad I, yeah. owns all three of Leonard Nimoy's on vinyl. <laughs> so that, we should. So we should bring Elizabeth in on Hulk. On Hulk. Oh my God! Yeah, do we bring Elizabeth for for Hulk for for Hulk rules? Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the, again, doesn't, doesn't really age well. Um, uh, it it was outdated. It was outdated when it came out in 95. This is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, 
always, always, always fun to like to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and think like what what goes on past what we're watching when what we're watching is really, really boring. Sometimes. Yeah, I got, I got, I don't, I don't really know what to. You know, um, we we talked about the plot development of uh, Jake Roberts showed up, but that's about it. I know, yeah, I know. I like to structure these podcasts, talk talk about to kind of do some analysis of the plot stuff, but when not a whole lot. No to, what am I supposed to do? I I, I should have I should I I shouldn't use a show about nothing about this one, but wait, are you telling me? Are you are you, t- are you telling me that that the um, that that the title for this episode has not already been a, been made vastly apparent to you? No, I'm I'm blanking. <sighs> you know, just 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 think on just think on what ended up being the main uh, talking point for this episode, and you'll it, it it'll come to oh, you. Oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch this whole podcast, and it'll come to me. Oh my god. Wrestling is wrest- wrestling is yeah yeah it's just it's a Hallmark just show that that's what the title that that's our no, title it's, a it's just a Hallmark series it's not just it's a, a Hallmark movie it is yeah WWE WWF is a Hallmark show that's the title you see I there thought you go. that might be it but I was like this that's that's too no not sure no that, anyway. I think I think we have to roll with that but yeah, yeah. Um, um I, I guess I should ask any any thoughts that anyone wants to give on the wrestlers we saw that wrestle that like I don't know we saw a lot of wrestlers not do a whole lot but they existed so I mean we had <laughs> there was the a du- lot of strength um the cyclone and the earthquake I kind of wish that I could have seen them do more because they did have a lot of athleticism so seeing them just run back and forth was a little boring. But I'm sure that they can do other stuff. Um, there was the hammer guy. He was cool. He was very like cheesy. What you think of when you think of old pro wrestling, and that was yes. kind of a fun vibe to have. Yeah, the long he fits, blonde he fits hair. That mold really, a lot. The Mountie really was was an experience, and the Mountie makes me want to rewatch when calls the heart tying back into Hallmark. <laughs> God, but like um, I don't know. I wasn't I, personally particularly impressed by anybody this episode. Like, um, excuse you. What did the berserker not do anything for you? Eh, it's all right. The berserker, <laughs> the berserker just showed up for a sl- short amount of time, and the entire time, all I could think was, was you know, if your voice was deeper and you sounded British, you would be Grog from Critical Role. Because mm. <laughs> he's a berserker barbarian, and it had very similar vibes. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, I I didn't expect any. You know, I didn't expect anything from the backstage interviews. I know they're just this kind of like reiterating some basic, basic thoughts. <laughs> but I was, you know, we did get stuff like the Bushwhackers, who I hate. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why they seem so dumb. They are. That's their gimmick. Is that they're a bunch? They're dumb New Zealanders who stomp around like idiots, and they lick people in the head. They read like a proto swamp cult, but the swamp cult was actually like like charming and interesting. Hey, speaking of swamp, Skinner. Yeah, which that just was... the bushwhackers, but one dude, and I guess trying to be more like Crocodile Dundee, like Elizabeth pointed out. I, leg- I legitimately thought that Skinner was just the guy on the right from the bushwhackers. And <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out that that was a different guy. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. 
Does, I guess that's the problem when you when your company has so many big names that you instantly recognize. Like I hear Hulk Hogan, I don't watch wrestling, and I know what Hulk Hogan's going to be like when he walks out. And Randy Savage, I don't know a ton about Randy Savage, but I kind of know what his brand is. I've seen commercials he's done in the past. But like you get these other guys, and it's like you're just not that memorable. They're putting all their energy into this dude that I've heard of, and you're just kind of here. You're that throwaway character from a Disney movie that like five people love and everybody else is like, who? <gasps> Fine, I'll be the Skinner fan on this podcast. No, not really. <laughs> I don't like I was going to say, wait, you like Skinner? Of course not. <laughs> no, a lot of those in between shot things, like the backstage interviews and everything, it was like, oh, this is this is fine. I say backstage interviews, I'm pretty sure that's not what it is, but it felt very backstage interview. Oh, hi, I was just rehearsing Les Mis. Let's talk in my dressing room. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, this this is even, this is a really sanitized version of that. Because like I said, like when we, when, when we kind of reach to the, the attitude era is when they start like doing what, what are in kayfabe meant to be like candid shots of wrestlers, like actually in the locker rooms, like talking about shit and like interacting yeah. and fighting and whatever. And you can um, tell someone dumped a bucket on them so they would look super sweaty right before they walked in and they've done this little hair pushback flippy thing 10 times before you walked in and yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but these are just like, you do it in front of a backdrop. This is like, this is the era of just straight up cutting promos in the most vanilla way possible. Yeah, like literally you just like stare at the camera for 30 seconds and do some rambling. Yeah, either in front of a curtain or a green screen. I like the idea Sometimes of Paul existing Heaton. in this void that has their name behind them. and they Yes! Just, like you exist in a pocket dimension when you're not out there wrestling. And then you go out <sighs> and wrestle and then you go back to the pocket dimension where you belong. That's how you know, they cut hotel costs. They just put them in their pocket dimension. They just throw them in the pocket dimension. As as we know, pocket dimensions it's infinitely cheaper to manifest than than, than hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, and I think that any law any short term costs are offset in the in the long term. I mean, I'm sure Miss Elizabeth had a lot of fun decorating her and Randy's pocket dimension. <laughs> you know, I would say so. She has a great sense of style. It was probably um, very pink based on the wedding. Yes. It's, which is so weird. Like that's not like either of their colors. Why were they? Uh, whatever. No, Randy in the white and gold being dressed more extravagantly than the bride felt a bit weird. That felt, exa- that felt exactly on brand, to be honest. I, that feels, yeah. I'm sure that's on brand for Randy, but I've been to weddings where it's like, hey, the groom can't outshine the bride, and that's a thing. Yeah, I've been rewatching Queer Eye, and that was a point that was brought up in one episode where the guy was like, I don't want to just take away from her, but this is my day too, and I want to look nice for it. Yeah, I'm used to that mentality. The unfortunate thing about that is that you know it's Savage who's the superstar here, and not Elizabeth. Ultimately. Nah. Um, which which is unfortunate for a number of reasons, but this it, that's the way. Oh yeah, happens. Virgil was on this episode. I, I just I just remembered that. <laughs> I was trying to think through the the other interview people. You had the Warlord with Slick, which is. Mm, yeah, no. Uh, Virgil, the, who was used to be the manservant for the Million Dollar Man, which you know, is David. You made that comment. You made that comment about how um, this was bef- right before everybody who was a wrestler who was a job, and that was their shtick. And I'm yeah. just there, like that makes sense. It's um, wrestlers are like the women in Gypsy. You got to get a gimmick if you want to get ahead, and some of the yeah. gimmicks suck. Yeah, no, like like this is this is 
we're 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 on the cusp of that era where like the gimmicks are bottom of the barrel. Nowadays, nowadays it's a lot more nuanced. It even was it even was more nuanced in the in the attitude era, although the the nuance was a uh, <clears throat> hit or miss, if you will. Um, um, yeah. Um, but but regardless, um, we're we're getting yeah. Which, which which like honestly, that's the other thing about like these jobber squashes is like the only like like the the gimmicks that were on display unfortunately didn't get to add much. The most that we got added was the mounty. That was kind of the most fun gimmick we had there because like he had his little mini uniform and he fucking tased the dude after like use a cattle prod on a guy. Yeah, he used a cattle prod with like a weirdly like dubbed in like electric shock sound effect for some reason. Um, well, because you know they took like a pool cue, sawed it in half, put some paint on it, and were like, "Go have fun." And they needed to add like, in the shock sounds, but so that nobody actually got hurt. Yeah, yep. and I don't even like, I don't even know if that thing like made contact with his skin. It was so far to the side. I think I, it, I think it did. I think he, I think he, he lightly grazed that guy's stomach. <laughs> yeah, just like I don't have anything to poke with. <laughs> but like, but like, then we have the, but then we have like the national, the, the natural disasters, which like are fun in concept, but they didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, and they could have IRS, done IRS talked no. about the tax cheat. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I forgot about IRS. IRS was fun. I, I will. I, I will must, eat my hat a little bit here and say IRS was a lot more like fun and a lot less like yikes than I thought it the would. The thing be. that I think that makes IRS fun is he always talks about literal real world tax. He always brings up literal real world tax law, which is the most stupidest thing to bring up on a wrestling show, and that's what makes it funny. <laughs> Yeah, like this he was, dude out here, a dude out here on a wrestling show talking about how thirty-three states have just recently increased their state income tax taxation rate. Yeah, no. Um, and on top of that, like he wrestles in the full like shirt and tie and suspenders, and I'm here for it. That's that was one of the main. I wonder how they wash this things. <laughs> and that and that and that's was matches only like a minute and a half. He gets real sweaty in longer matches. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I've I've unfortunately watched longer IRS matches and he gets real sweaty. Well everybody was already sweaty, and I imagine they're putting oil on them so that they glisten just the right way for And the grease in the hair. Yeah. No, I I wanna put everybody in a shower and just be like, get that crap out of your hair and get that makeup off your face, Mr. Undertaker. That is not a good look. Dark circles aren't mm. cute. Yeah, but see, here's the problem. Vince McMahon um, really likes his himbos, especially if they glisten. Listen, these aren't himbos though, because himbos respect women. And oh, true. Guys. No, this I am true. becoming very familiar with himbos because they keep coming into my life in weird ways. Yeah, not my I should clarify, not my real life. I don't go anywhere or do anything because we are in a global panorama. But. <laughs> I'm playing in two D&D games currently. There's a third one that's on the horizon. I'm planning my own. I was working on a show that was filming and we had several himbo characters in the songs and stuff we were doing. It just keeps happening. Is Patrick there? Hello, Patrick. Yeah, my brother just walked in the just walked in yeah. the room. So, yeah, but like the one of the defining characteristics of a good himbo is that he respects women, and I don't think that's the case for most of these wrestlers. So they're just dumb. And big. This is <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Hey, IRS is probably intelligent. All right, we got a few like actually smart ones here. But for for yeah, he's intelligent because he pays his taxes. There is taxes. That's tiled back money. in. The only person in the in that entire building who is not a tax cheat. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> 
Honestly, but again, the gimmick outshines the actual fighting here, which is a shame, but welcome to this era. That's how that's that's how wrestling works at this point. They need to time. get some good choreographers in there. They need to get someone who like knows how to do stuff and do oh, cool no. tricks and cuz oh, these, no. these wrestlers are clearly capable of really cool things. They just aren't being given that to do. Damn. Oh no, you be careful now. You talk too much about wrestling having choreography. You might offend some some sensibilities here. Wait, I like talking about wrestling as a dance. I just try not to harp on it I, too much because I feel like I, it's a weird trope. I do, I do too, but there are a lot of wrestling fans who hate that implication. <laughs> oh, well, at. yeah, wow, I'm what a shot. more in terms of fight choreography like they do in movies and on stage where it's like, okay, your sword's going to go here at this point, then you punch her in the face here. One of the most fun songs I've ever done was um, OTL did Gaston from Beauty and the Beast for our Fractured Fairy Tale mini cap, Fall Cabaret, I mm -hmm. mean. And instead of doing choreography with a fun little dance, it was just a bar brawl by the end. I was on the floor unconscious for the back third of the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fight choreo is great. Well, well Rest, and, and, and wrestling choreo is improv, baby. Well, yeah, I was gonna say we're filling in on Elizabeth, we're filling Elizabeth in on so many fun fun things we talk about here. Um, is 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 like there's a lot of real time stuff that goes into that too because not only are do they have kind of like their predetermined like outcomes and how how these things go, but like. The, the 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 one consistent miracle and by consistent i mean like every single man I, I have never seen the curtain ever pulled back on this one um is throughout the throughout any match wrestlers are communicating with each other as to like what they're going to do next and what they're like like what to what to expect and how to respond to it and stuff um so it's it's like improv real time as well um and it, that is yeah, kind there, of this cool, like, very few problem. wrestlers have ever not done that. Uh, Randy Savage is a rare exception to that. Yeah, or Savage, of course he didn't. God Savage would obsessively uh, choreograph his matches beat by beat by beat, and had to go the exact that. way. But most wrestlers, yeah, the idea is you know you you know the moves, um, and you kind of just get in there and follow the vibe of the crowd and what you're generally trying to get across in terms of story, and that'll be that. Well, and you need communication for stuff like that because safety-wise, you need to know what to expect. If you're going to get thrown on the floor, you need to know so that mm -hmm. you can prepare to not die. And granted, there are still injuries. And <laughs> yeah, whole whole lot. Scary. But like at the same time, knowing things like some parts are planned and that they're communicating—that is a good thing. That's making sure they're not dying unnecessary more than unnecessarily. <laughs> Which, mm -hmm. which very few people die wrestling. Which which at the yeah, end of the day, they just die decades later of results from the wrestling. But all this to say, at the end of the day, taking all that into consideration, that does make even the most boring matches, even in the smallest ways, impressive in their own right for just what is accomplished in each wrestling match for like real time improv fight choreo, and you always got to respect that. Mm-hmm. You gotta respect the artistry. Exactly. And that and that that is the whole theme of today's episode, I think. Respect the artistry. It's Absolutely. homework and you gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Alright. Nice controversial episode yet, I think. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is gonna be more controversial. I, I say this if we've like actually faced controversy. This is gonna be more controversial than my take that I find like the even the golden age kind of boring. Hey, now, our but our ten people that watch this consistently, it's very yes. controversial. 
yes, we hope we don't offend your sensibilities too much. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Two people watching, watch crossword mysteries on movies <laughs> and mysteries. I feel like that's the best place to say is Elizabeth got her plug. David hit ours. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, my friends. Thank you all for joining us once again on another wonderful, fun episode, special episode this time of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. If you're a returning uh, listener, welcome back. We're, we we love having you with us. If you're a new listener, welcome for the first time. We are delighted to have you join us. If you would like to keep joining us, there are a multiple, uh, multitude of ways you can do that. One, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Two, you can find us, the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast, on Spotify, on Apple, and on Google. Uh, all the, the the three best places to find podcasts. Give us give us give us ratings where you can. Uh, we love we love that engagement. You know, give us give us those 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 wonderful little likes and 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 uh subscribes and comments and whatever else on YouTube. Just oh, we love we mm, sweet sweet engagement every time. Oh, so good. Uh, if you want to follow us on our socials, you can find us at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. That's Noobs the letter N Knox Pod on Twitter. Twitter's uh, got a weird little character limit with everything. Um. We're Austin. Austin live treat live tweets wrestling several times a week, and we talk about uh, we 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 post about our new episodes every time they go up, um, and and we just generally try to try our best to engage with the broader online uh, wrestling uh, wrestling fandom. Uh, you can e- you can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail dot com. Uh, send you know just just talk to us a little bit. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Any any recommendations? Any uh, any any requests, anything of that sort, or, or if you just want to talk about how how lovely it is to hear our, our 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 beautiful voices every week, we always certainly appreciate that as well. And finally, you can fo- you can uh, subscribe to us on our Patreon. One dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and shoutouts at the end of every episode. Yes, and finally, finally. Uh, about the live tweeting wrestling thing. What is our schedule for this week? It is WrestleMania week. Kill me. WWE's about to do eight consecutive days of content. So what am I going to do? On Wednesdays, we watch AEW Dynamite live at 8 p.m. Live at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Thursday, WWE NXT Stand and Deliver Takeover Stand and Deliver Night Two because Night One is on Wednesday. I'm going. I'm not watching that live because of the aforementioned dynamite. Let's mm-hmm. we're, let's do that. Uh, Saturday is WrestleMania Night One. Uh, will be I'll be there live tweeting WrestleMania Night Two on Sunday. Maybe kind of depends on our. That's a common day that we sched, that we tape our podcasts. And so if we're taping a podcast on Sunday, I won't be watching WrestleMania live. And mm-hmm. finally, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, Absolute yes, because that is one of the better, usually one of the best Raws of the year. As David mentioned, noobs and Knox Pod. I will be live tweeting uh, analysis, jokes, random observations that no one cares about. Come join me with that. Let's do some. Let's have some fun and uh, see you guys next time. Oh wait, 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 before we go, before we wait, go, wait, wait, one wait. last, one last, one last, one last big shout out and thank you to our guest star for the week, Miss Elizabeth Bergman. Thank Absolutely. you so much for joining us. Uh, I was, I, I've been excited for this episode for such a long time, and uh, it is, it has been an absolute treat to have you on, and we hope we can have you back on again. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could finally sit down and do this. I've been so jealous since Claire got to do it. Now I've been on the <laughs> podcast too, guys. Yes, yeah. it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. And now for real. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.